Hey there, are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? Join Adol Kozilski and Fagy Stern as they explore ways to reverse chronic illness and achieve vibrant health. Your health is your only wealth and together we can be better. Hashtag healthy you, wealthy you. Indeed, we can be better, and that is the focus of the show. Welcome, welcome to the Healthy You, Wealthy You show. A good moed, good yontif to all our Jewish listeners. We are in the intermediate days of Sukkot. It's beautiful outside. I think we're probably the only country where we're celebrating Sukkot with much glee. Everybody else is sitting with rain and sleet and snow and, and humidity. And I'm realizing I think that's why people escape all those countries when it comes to Sukkot. Yeah. South Africa is definitely beautiful. So anybody who's listening from overseas, if you want to really spend some good time, come over Sukkot. It's really, it's beautiful outside and uh, everybody should have a, a, a wonderful yanta. But in having a wonderful yonta, we are always looking to better our health and to feel better. It is the beginning of the year. We do take on, um, you know, new resolutions in, in, in wanting to live a more vibrant life. And that's why we're here to discuss all different aspects and to educate ourselves and hopefully you in turn on how to uh, be more proactive in your, in, in, in your life space. Today, I think that we're discussing a topic that, um, thank you, you love. Definitely fascinates me. And that is the topic of amino acids. I'm sure everybody's heard the word. Um, maybe you don't know what they are, who they are, what they do. And so we have much pleasure in inviting a well-known guest to the Healthy You Welcome Show, Helen Gauchi. She has um, been on our show many, many times, and we thank her for her time. She heads up the research and development and education for DNA Life, specifically for DNA testing. She's a registered dietitian by training with over 10 years of experience in the field of nutrigenics and personalized healthcare. And she's com- currently completing her master's in nutritional epidemiology and public health. We are, I'm not going to carry on and give all the rest of her credentials because I, I know that she is well known. And so a warm, warm good morning and welcome to Helen. Good morning, Adel. Good morning, Fagi. Thanks for having mm-hmm. me back. Thank you, thank you for, for, for coming on the show. So we're going to be discussing amino acids. And just before I'm going to ask you for a definition on amino acids, just to remind our listeners, we love when you join the conversation. 34519 is our SMS line. 0618951019 is our telegram number. Don't be shy. Ask the questions because Education is the key to almost everything that uh, we should be doing right in our lives. Okay, so let's get stuck into it and, and let's get a definition. What is an, an amino acid? They are really the building blocks for protein. So it's actually, if you think of it quite simply, all of the, the protein type foods that you might eat, they are the building blocks that make up those different proteins. Um. And your body has thousands of different proteins and um, that each perform different types of jobs. And these amino acids in different kinds of sequences create different proteins. So just as words can create sentences, it's the same with your amino acids. Is there, is there a vast group of them or you, you can quantify how many amino acids we have in our body? Yes. So you can. So luckily um, with the amino acids, you can actually um count them quite easily. Um so you've got your 20 amino acids, um, nine of which of these are essential. So the the 20 amino acids, some you can make within your body from other amino acids, 
but nine of those are essential, meaning that you cannot make them yourself and you need to get them from dietary food sources. Um, what I can, are I, they important for us? What do amino acids actually do for us? Many, many things. So in terms of um, your amino acids making different proteins, they are really important in your ability uh, to break down food for food digestion because what amino acids do when they're making these different proteins um, or peptides, they are actually involved in creating certain hormones, um, neurotransmitters, so very, very important in how your brain functions. If you think of um, serotonin or dopamine, the building blocks for those very important um, neurotransmitters, um, melatonin, are uh, your amino acids, your things like tryptophan and um, tyrosine. They are a great energy source. They help with growth, repair, um, and obviously all of your body tissues. So if you think of all of your muscles, you can't have good strong muscles without a sufficient amount of amino acids in the body. You can't have good gut health if your amino acids are not there and functioning properly. And there's some amino acids where in, in certain situations, they actually become conditionally essential. It means that when you're under a lot of stress, it may make your body not able to, to produce that specific amino acid, something like glutamine. And that is used in, in straight, very stressed, um, clients or what we see in, in clinical settings in, in say cancer patients, you actually provide glutamine, um, to help with, um, gastrointestinal repair with, um, the, the mouth repair as well. So really important in those instances. If you just think of the, the function of what that amino acid is being able to do is help with repair. Um, I mentioned the building of muscle, your skin, hair and nails, all really important with your amino acids and um, think of collagen. Um, and then obviously really important in boosting your immune system um, and within the area of detoxification. Often we go on these, um, I mean, and that, that could be another talk altogether, but these you know, you hear of these cleansers or these detox diets where it's just green and it's just it's just fruit and vegetables, but that's only one part of it. To properly support detoxification, you need good quality protein. That's in your phase two to provide um, the, the building blocks to actually help clear the toxins from the system. So you can mobilize all of them with your colors um, and your greens, but then you actually also need to um, get them out with um, the help of certain amino acids. Quite fascinating. Just very quickly, we're going to be going for a break. Just zooming in, um, you were talking about glutamine, um, you know, and stress. What is the difference? Is uh, there is a difference because they're two different names. I've never understood it. The difference between glutamine and glutathione. What's thionine? Glutathione. So glutamine is one of your um your essential. Uh, sorry, your conditionally essential amino acids. It's, it's forms, it's, it's a specific um, building block for protein. And, and so that falls under your, your category of amino acids. Um, your glutathione is actually produced from certain amino acids together with other building blocks. Um, and that is um, something that your body also makes, but really, really um, an amazing antioxidant. So if you're always thinking of and that's actually where, speaking about detoxification, that's what I was referring to is 
is actually the glutathione that you you need comes from good quality um, amino acids to build that really amazing antioxidant to help with detoxification. So, so glut- glutamine is just a basic building block. Uh, and wh- how, is it, how is it connected with stress? Because you said, Tim, the glucathione is an antioxidant. So in terms of glutamine, it's connected with stress. So in really, so, so when I'm talking stress, this is now very strongly immune compromised trauma, major, major in, in sort of a clinical setting. And actually found, I mean, even in, um, your elite athletes, glutamine has been found to sort of just protect the, the gut lining in mm-hmm. elite athletes because we, we know that elite athletes do actually suffer from amino acid deficiency sometimes. Um, and also suffer from gastrointestinal distress a lot of the time, even though they look amazing, what's happening mm-hmm. inside not, might not always be that. Um, and so glutamine helps with, um, in those instances, when you're under so much stress, you're putting your body through so much stress. There are certain cycles, biochemical processes in your body that then decide, well, I, I don't have the capacity to make this right now. And that mm-hmm. is because glutamine should be made by the body. But in those instances, your body just says, no, can't. Um, and that's where you need to provide it as an essential because We're- those blocks are being used for something else. We're talking with Helen Gauchi and we are speaking amino acids. Any questions, any comments, 34519 is our SMS line. 061-895-1019 is our telegram number. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. Talking to Helen Gauchi this morning about amino acids, which I found a very fascinating topic. Um, Helen, I don't know. I feel like I have a million questions for you, to be honest. Um, when it comes to amino acids, it's so fascinating how you discuss the stress response and gut and digestion and digestion and, and neurotransmitters. And it, it literally almost feels like it's all one big system, as in the gut. You know, we always talk about the gut brain connection and what happens if you're stressed, then you can't digest your food correctly. If you can't digest your food correctly, then you can't absorb those amino acids. If you can't absorb the amino acids, then you don't get all those neurotransmitters and then you feel depressed or anxious or have social anxiety. I mean, it's like, it's, a, it's almost like a never ending topic. Absolutely. I mean, it is, it's huge in terms of the importance of amino acids in terms of also understanding that everything is connected, making sure. And, and that's why I think a lot of the time or how medicine is going in, especially in functional medicine is looking at the gut and starting there. Because if you're not absorbing these nutrients, if you are, um, if you have sort of loose cells, sometimes called leaky gut between in, in your intestines, in your, in your gut, then the wrong things are getting through the wrong things are not being, the right things are not being absorbed. And that's where, yeah, definitely you, you can lead, it can lead to many, many issues from autoimmune disorders all the way through to um, cognitive function and mental health disorders. I mean, because these amino acids are connected to your thyroid, they're connected to your brain, they're connected to, you know, it's, it's like if you don't have the correct amino acids, then your thyroid is down, and then that has a ripple effect on everything else. Definitely. And so I think when it comes to 
looking at, um, you know, we always think, and I, and, and I think this is maybe a, a misconception in, um, especially in, in South Africa, we often think in certain populations, there's a very high intake of, um, especially animal protein. Um, South Africans are known for their bries and, um, just eating a lot of animal protein. But again, thinking if the gut is not good, like an athlete who, who looks great, but if the absorption is not good, you're not getting those nutrients. And so I think as you're saying, it, it's sort of this undercover issue that may be occurring that there may be deficiencies in amino acids or issues in terms of metabolism um, around amino acids that then lead to these different disorders. But if, you, if you're going down an amino, you, you're trying to find the, the, the primary cause, like trying to go, you know, there's cause and effect, cause and effect, cause and effect, exactly what uh, Faggy was describing. Would the stomach, would the gut health be the first port of call? If, you know, I, if I come to you and say to you, how do I know that I'm, my, I am absorbing my amino acids, that I'm getting the right amino acids? Where, where do you start? So there are actually great functional tests that can tell you what your levels are of your amino acids, as well as many other metabolites in your body. Um, different organic acid testing can tell you that. And that's actually generally from a urine sample that you could get that. Um, but doing that together with, say, some kinds of stool testing. So, so one telling you what are your levels of your different amino acids that you could get from the metabolites that are excreted in your urine. And, and it can tell you if you're in within normal range. Um, and then from there, if there are issues, definitely looking into, um, into gut health because if they, if they are, Deficiencies in certain amino acids, you want to know why. And so definitely, Adel, when it comes to where's a good place to start, thinking of what is the problem, looking at some gut health tests from, from different stool testing um, could also be extremely useful. Surely though in psychiatry even, there should be an amino acid <laughs> concern. Like, I know GABA, GABA is like one of the biggest things these days. You know, you go somewhere, someone goes, do you, do you have GABA? Do you take GABA? Your child's anxious. They're going to school, they're in grade one, give them GABA. Um, you know, if someone has like learning difficulties, ADD, ADHD, they have a comp gene, you say to them, well, just take tyrosine and see how you feel. You might, you know, you might be able to concentrate a lot better just by taking the tyrosine. Definitely. So there are, I think within the field of psychiatry, um, there, is a group called, um, it's biological psychiatry and there are even, I think, some journals on it. Um, and that's a field where they are looking into these connections, both in terms of now going off topic, the, the probiotics, the gut health. They're now uh, terming them psychobiotics. And then also the other area is, is definitely your amino acids. Um, and, and it's so interesting when it comes to the amino acids, you have to then understand if you're just, ta- if you're taking the tyrosine, what are you taking it with? Are you, are you ensuring that all of your other micronutrients are also present? Because it's, you know, your, your tyrosine definitely is the, one of the, the strong building blocks for making dopamine. If you're thinking of attention, um, if you're thinking of drive, um, focus, you, you need that dopamine there. Um, and so that is your tyrosine, but you also need 
um, all of the helpers to create the dopamine. So you need the enzymes and the enzymes need helpers and those helpers come from other micronutrients. And then you need your enzymes to be working well. And so that's where I think the genetics comes in to be able to say, how well are each of these enzymes working if there are variants in those, in those genes? As you say, if you've got the COMT, are you breaking it down too quickly or too slowly? Are you breaking down that, that, um, dopamine too quickly or too slowly? So you can really become very targeted, um, with your nutrition and your lifestyle approaches, but making sure it's not just, you know, it's not just a silver bullet or golden bullet, whatever it might be saying, take the tyrosine. In that, in that situation, then, like you're saying, is it something that someone should be working with a, you know, with a practitioner or can you kind of just say, let me go and take that tyrosine off the shelf and see how I feel? I think with different personalities, I would, I, it would be, I'd be hard pressed to say, you know, do one or the other. I, because I'm a healthcare practitioner, um, I think playing around with nutrients, they may just be, you know, considered nutrients of food, but taking it as a sort of in a, in a almost super physiological level in a pull, I always feel working with a healthcare practitioner who's very knowledgeable in the space is advised. Um, also just in terms of time saving, money saving, um, getting to the root cause as quickly as possible, doing some of these valuable tests, like looking at your organic acid metabolites, looking at what's happening with your gut health, understanding your genetics. You put a good puzzle together to be able to then say, okay, well, I may be, you know, there may be something happening on the dopamine level. Um, there might be some other micronutrients missing. My, my COMT enzyme is working really fast and I can see that from the genetics. And so because of that, I'm going to put in the tyrosine, put in the magnesium to help with COMT, put in um, some of your zinc and your copper, making sure those are also there um, to help with the, with the, um, the dopamine production. So is, is every single amino acid, is it the word bioavailable? Like, do we make it synthetically? So if a person does go through this testing, you said there's 20 amino acids, nine are essential. Can you supplement on all 29? Is, is that available today? So you can, I mean, in terms of supplementation, you, there, I mean, there's so much on the market, um, from, uh, and being able to supplement on everything. Um, in terms of the, um, the essential ones, those all, and the conditionally essential ones, that's probably what a lot of products try to advocate in their products because those are the ones that are more difficult for our bodies to make ourselves. Um, so just to break that down a little bit more, if you've got, if you're looking at your essential amino acids, those can be kind of pulled apart in different ways to make all of your other amino, all of the, the other 11. So your nine essentials, if you're taking those and can make the others. And um, if you've got all of, if you, if you're in a healthy homeostatic state, um, but you can take all of these from, from supplements. You can also get them from foods. And so especially looking at your um, essential amino acids, um, that's where, making sure you're getting good quality protein, obviously first addressing the gut, making sure the absorption is good, all of that. Um, and then, and then looking at really good quality, um, proteins and, and trying to go for as complete proteins as possible. So the, the big sort of stumbling block, I think where, where you may see a population with deficiencies is in, in, in vegans. 
obviously because their complete proteins are are lacking. And so that's where they do need to supplement on top of your getting your complete proteins. But your essential amino acids, things like eggs, um, good quality fish, and um, so to, th- those are actually, I would say, probably the two really, really good ones. Um, if you're thinking of eggs, good quality fish, um, some of your um, your other animal products, those would be where you were getting a, a lot of your essential amino acids. Can can you can you overdose? Like can just. So I'm, I'm not sure, um, I'm not going to a, a practitioner or whatever, like and I start taking a, a supplement, you know, that, that has, that says they've got all, all 20 amino acids and a whole lot of goody stuff, but I am also eating pretty well. And so could I overdose on tryptophan? Or yeah, I'm going to ask that person actually, because it's so fascinating. Tyrosine is something that gets you going and gets you motivated and gets you, you know, and then the GABA is something that calms you down. So it's like, it's like you're actually mixing so many different elements into one, you know, into one pill. Or you take the tyrosine, you know, it does one thing, the GABA does another thing. Actually, in, in Dr. Ben Lynch's book, he's the um, genetics doctor and he's all into this information. And he, he explains about his son, how he wasn't motivated and he wasn't, you know, couldn't get going. He couldn't concentrate. He was a little bit ADD. And he understands his genes and he basically gives him the tyrosine and says, yeah, take this tyrosine. The kid takes it, amazing. He feels great. He can concentrate. His marks are improving. And then the next thing, he's getting all anxious and fidgety. And his father says to him, like, what's going on? Why are you feeling all fidgety and anxious? He's like, the tyrosine was working so well. I popped like three a day. <laughs> you know? And then we do. We don't know. So, so that the body get, you know, like if you take, I think it's too much vitamin C or too much whatever like that. So it just gets excreted, takes one at once and sends it off. Is that the same thing with amino acids or you can overdose on amino acids? So the intake of amino acids. Your, your kidneys do, and that's, that's where you do have to be just cautious because remember amino acids come in the form of protein. I mean, it's, it's amino acids. It's, it's like if you think of it just as protein. Um, and if you're having a very high intake of your overall, your, your overall protein intake is extremely high. That can put your kidneys under extra stress because you're having to get ri- so so in terms of how your your amino acids are metabolized, um, it goes through a specific cycle and um, then your your uric acid cycle actually helps in excreting um, sort of the byproducts, the nitrogen that comes from your proteins and your and your or your amino acids, um, and if it's very high, there's a, that's a lot that your kidney has to deal with and excrete. And so one of the, the concerns I would say in terms regarding just overdosing, really mm. look after how your kidneys are functioning because it is, it, it's providing energy as well. So amino acids are a form of energy. So if you're thinking of your overall, you know, if you, if you're a balanced, you've got a balanced diet, you're taking in enough calories in a balanced form of those macronutrients, taking in extra um, uh, protein in very high amounts, that's that's actually adding to your caloric intake. And then it's also um, putting a lot of load in terms of what you're having to excrete um, on your kidneys. So, so that's the one concern. If we're taking specific amino acids, that's where 
competition actually arises between the different amino acids. So, so something like um, a really good example is with um, with tryptophan. So often tryptophan, if you're looking at um, uh, mood disorders, uh, low mood, just feeling down, and um, that is something that is often advised to take. Um, but it needs to be taken either as a, a single supplement or with um, a, a carbohydrate-based food, because otherwise your body has a very clever way of, of actually um, creating quite a lot of competition between the amino acids to say, what do I need and what do I not need? Exactly what, so, what Faith is saying right now. Like, you've got to, like, balance, like, you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't want to be, like, super focused and, like, you know, Completely like I think also, it, is it not so that people, that there are some people that, so to speak, dump the amino acid more than others? Like, I know that something like pyroluria or something that's called cryptopyroluria, some people um, excrete the zinc much quicker than your average person, and they then need to supplement daily on zinc. Definitely. So there are, there definitely specific medical conditions where your something isn't functioning properly, um, and that's where you do need to supplement much more, um, or um, you might need to be avoiding certain certain amino acids a little bit more because of of other um, just genetic mutations that lead to conditions that are, but that's that are kind of, I think outside of the the general population. So those are very specific, I think, rare cases, more than your your general, I need to focus a little bit more, or in terms of mental health disorders, um, it's a it's a multifactorial um condition and you need to make sure that you're doing a lot of tests to understand um what is where should I be addressing um, or, or focusing on the amino acid supplementation or other micronutrient supplementation rather than those conditions where it's so specific and it's, and it's almost actually quite easy to pinpoint what the problem is. Just we've got two minutes before our break. Just, you mentioned uric acid that, that your kidneys are clearing out the byproducts of this amino acid synthesis. Like, would uric acid, I mean, most people say uric acid, like, don't eat red meat. Does that mean? by inference like you've got like an imbalance in your amino acids like that's where you should be looking i mean stop the meat but that's a fascinating question should someone be taking yeah more of something in order for the uric acid to zinc i, I read that up yeah. yes <laughs> helen what's your answer so look there, there's certain foods that um definitely increase the amount of your so so protein in general if you've got too much protein and that's where so red meat it creates um it's got a lot of nitrogen so so your amino acids part of the the structure of your amino acid is is nitrogen um and um and those are all waste products that um then get excreted through the kidneys so um it forms when um, your purines, it's, it's another chemical in your body. Um, it's actually, um, it's a natural product found in the body. Um, and in many foods and certain foods contain, um, much higher levels of it. 
Um, and so when you're breaking down um, purines, and that's where your red meat comes from, that's where you'll have um, higher uric acid um, forming. And so that's that's related to gout. So um, things like, interestingly, if you're exercising very, very hard and you're breaking down the muscle, so you're breaking down actually the DNA in that muscle and you're, and there's in, in your DNA, there's the purines, um, then you're going to have higher levels of uric acid. And it's your, it's your body's ability to excrete, um, the uric acid that, that changes from one person to the other. We are talking to Helen Gauchi and we're uh, talking about the fascinating, um, topic of amino acids. If you have a question or a comment, 24519 is our SMS line. 061 895 is our telegram number. This is 101.9 FM. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. We're talking all things amino acids. Can we, can we segue a little bit, um, Helen? And I, I know, and maybe you can touch on, 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 on a few. There are specific genetic diseases that don't allow you to metabolize or synthesize with the amino acids, and those can be quite dangerous. Am I correct? Definitely, definitely. Um, one, I think that, and this is actually, I think, where the field of, if you want to call it nutrigenetics, that this was one that always comes up as as one of the first examples, is your um, um, your inability to break down phenylalanine. Um, and so that is something that can be picked up at birth. Um, where if, and, and interestingly, phenylalanine is actually an amino acid found in, um, in breast milk and in a lot of, actually in, in pretty much, um, all formulas, unless specifically, um, created to, to keep it out because of a, a genetic disorder where you are not able to um to break it down and so you you build up too much of it almost um and so because of that um the condition is called it's pku for short or your phenyl uh, ketoneuria and so that can become toxic and actually um that that chemical can um cross into the the brain so it crosses the blood brain barrier and can cause um brain damage so um I know when I, and this is, um, it'll maybe what you offer some looking at as well, but there are genetic tests that can be done at birth. Um, and, and I know when I was in hospital with my little baby, that, that was something that was offered to me that you can do this genetic test, um, to pick up at birth because you want to catch it as early as possible. And so in terms of the, um, the, I suppose treatment for um, phenylketonuria is to avoid all phenylalanine, which is a, it's not an easy feat, but it is something very much um, required to avoid any brain damage and, um, and yeah, the, the side effects, very, very detrimental side effects of taking in phenylalanine if you cannot break it down. I think here in South Africa, it's not a compulsory test. I know that overseas there's this, of those tests done like, I think nowadays though they do. They say to you, you should, yeah, you should do it, especially with so much going on. They do. Let's okay. So that PKU is one. Let's let's give an example of another. 
Sure. Now you're putting me on the spot to try and think of another. (laughs) I'm going to have to try and think very quickly of of others where you can't break down. It's not only an actual protein. It's not just the chicken and the fish and the meat that has protein. You have there's proteins in vegetables. There's proteins in grains. Like it must be quite complex. It's, it becomes, so that's where you have to work with a healthcare practitioner where they are very familiar with specific genetic disorders, um, and making sure, and especially, um, understanding what foods contain, um, this amino acid, because definitely it's, it's not just considering protein. Protein is in fact actually present in many of your, in carbohydrates, in some of your fruit, in some of your vegetables as well. So always actually having to take care that every single product that you, that you take in avoids phenylalanine. Well, that, that's for PKU specifically, right? But just for PKU specifically, yes. Yeah, as a, as a, as a general rule, um, yeah, looking for good sort, like, do you, do you think that the diseases that, that we're having today or the dis-ease that we're, we're suffering with um, from a metabolic um, place and from, from a psychiatry place, or all of that just, just because it's of a poor diet, like people didn't have to worry so much about their amino acid intake and the balance 100 years ago because they were eating more wholesome food, more, you know, basically healthy food, food that's coming from the ground that was the the soil was rich in nutrients. Like, is is this a modern? It's like almost like a modern day, twenty first century disease disease diseases that we are seeing, but we really are responsible for that to a large extent. I think so. In some ways, um, I think it's a bit of a, a two sided. You know, you can you can argue both ways because one of the things is you know maybe a hundred. Um, going back a little bit further, we didn't have many of these de- diseases because we weren't growing as old. So we were dying mm-hmm. of other things. Um, and so now a lot of these concerns, um, in our more aged population is they're, they're diseases often of aging. So where our body just doesn't work as well as possible. So I think that's one side of the argument. But definitely, Adel, in terms of what we, it, it's a lot of it is self-inflicted. Um, or environment um, and self-inflicted, where you're looking at the very high stress levels that we're under, um, the nutrients that we're taking in are not always the nutrients, you know, things are, are hormone-filled and pesticide-covered, and, and all of those um, toxins really affect our ability in our body to properly metabolize what we should be metabolizing. So if we've got a very high exposure to pesticides, if we've got too many hormones that we, we're not supposed to be getting in, in our body, our body has to deal with that on top of then being able to metabolize, um, our amino acids, our carbohydrates and, 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 and our nutrients that we're taking in are used, are being used to fight off and, and really help us just get rid of what we don't want in our body. So, so definitely there is that self-infliction that, um, that comes up. Um, I have thought of another one that's actually quite an interesting one that, um, in terms of a, I suppose, an amino acid metabolism that's really, um, with a, a mutation and that's your hyper homocysteine, cysteine urea. Um, and so that would be another one where, 
um, because of specific mutations in um, genes in your methylation cycle. So how you actually get rid of homocysteine, you're going to have very, very high homocysteine levels being built up. And that's strongly related to um, uh, cardiovascular disease as well as mental health disorders. What is a normal level for homocysteine? It depends, depending on your lab that you're looking at. Um, I would say something where you're wanting to, you know, a really nice ideal is looking at around the, the marker of like a seven micromoles per liter, um, seven to 10. Um, I think different schools of thought, um, might, might put in different, different ranges, um, on your, your typical labs. Um, anything, I think above 50, so anything under 15. So between three to 15, they're saying is normal. In terms of what you're seeing for ideal is probably sitting around the seven to nine. Mm. Interesting. What an interesting conversation. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show, and this is 101.9 High FM. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. Just one one comment that I think uh, you want to bring up. Uh, yes, um, Helen, I have a question because I know that I've looked into, into supplementing with amino acids. Um, for people that are on SSRIs or, you know, antidepressants or on things like Ritalin, can they or should they be careful with what they supplement with? That's a very, very good point to make. Yes, they should be careful. Um, especially when it comes to, um, your, your SSRIs. Um, because you're trying to, you know, increase the amount of serotonin that is, is getting to different neurotransmitters, the receptors there. Um, psychiatrists are very, cautious around obviously there's a lot of evidence to show the dosage and how much and and a side effect of um not being able to metabolize um that SSRI properly or um having too much of it. So if someone possibly by mistake overdoses on the SSRI and um, they can um develop something called uh serotonin syndrome. Um and that is where you become I mean the many um symptoms of it, but one of them is very disorientated. It can actually, in certain cases, lead to, to coma. And so you really want to avoid those kinds of situations. Um, and so, also, if someone does have anxiety, depression, amino mental health dis- like disorders, is something like looking at amino acids and suggested before going on any other SSRIs? Yes. Yeah, definitely. I think it's always important to, um, and, and taking that, that multifunctional approach, really, really important. Um, and, and looking at gut health. So there's a lot, um, a lot of research going into the, um, the role of gut health in mental health disorders. And if your gut health is poor, there's a very strong association with um, increased risk of anxiety as well as as um, depression. Um, and so always starting in the gut because of that, there's that vagal nerve that connects gut to brain and um, what's happening in the gut is being directly 
kind of linked and and there's this this highway to the brain to tell the brain what's going on and if the gut's unhappy the brain is going to be unhappy and then obviously um, understanding that certain foods obviously create those in, create those neurotransmitters and you know the dopamines and which types of foods do that yeah very complex yeah. very very complex discussion but i think that you have shed a tremendous amount of light i certainly have learned a lot um, I think you should get your PhD. <laughs> I'll have to come and learn from you, Helen. <laughs> Thanks so much for, for your time and for your clear explanations. It really does, it does help. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged myself and I hope that that has had the same effect on all of you who are listening that there is, you know, there's, 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 there's there is intelligence in the body. And we should look at ourselves a little bit more wholesome, you know, not look at one specific symptom and try to, uh, you know, fix that up, but look at cause and effect and see what else can be. So thank you for enlightening us again and giving us of your precious time, Helen. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. This is 101.9 High FM and uh, have a wonderful week ahead.